As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello, friends. I'm Rick Warren, and welcome to Spurgeon Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way, and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped, and guided by Charles Spurgeon, who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Christ, Our Passover, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part two. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Those of you who have known the Lord, who have tasted of his grace, who have held fellowship with him, does not your heart acknowledge that he is a lamb without blemish? Can you find any fault with your Saviour? Have you ought to lay at his charge? Has his truthfulness departed? Have his words been broken? Have his promises failed? Has he forgotten his engagements? And in any respect, can you find in him any blemish? Ah, no. He is the unblemished lamb, the pure the spotless, the immaculate, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, and in him there is no sin. Go on further down the chapter. Your Lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. I need not stop to consider the reason why the male was chosen. We only note that it was to be a male of the first year. Then, It was in its prime. Then its strength was unexhausted. Then its power was just ripened into maturity and perfection. God would not have an untimely fruit. God would not have that offered which had not come to maturity. And so our Lord Jesus Christ had just come to the ripeness of manhood when he was offered. At 34 years of age, He was sacrificed for our sins. He was then hale and strong, although his body may have been emaciated by suffering and his face more marred than that of any other man. Yet was he then in the perfection of manhood. Methinks I see him then, his beard flowing down upon his breast. I see him with his eyes full of genius, his form tall, his manner majestic, his energy entire, his whole frame in full development, 
a real man, a magnificent man, fairer than the sons of men, a lamb, not only without blemish, but with all his powers fully brought out. Such was Jesus Christ, a lamb of the first year, not a boy, not a lad, not a young man, but a full man, that he might give his soul unto us. He did not give himself to die for us when he was a youth, for he would not then have given all he was to be. He did not give himself to die for us when he was in old age, for then he would have given himself when he was in decay. But just in his maturity, in his very prime, then Jesus Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And moreover, at the time of his death, Christ was full of life. For we are informed by one of the evangelists that he cried with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. This is a sign that Jesus did not die through weakness nor through decay of nature. His soul was strong within him. He was still the lamb of the first year. Still he was mighty. He could, if he pleased, even on the cross, have unlocked his hands from their iron bolts and descending from the tree of infamy, have driven his astonished foes before him like deer scattered by a lion. Yet did he meekly yield obedience unto death. My soul, can you not see your Jesus here, the unblemished lamb of the first year, strong and mighty? And, O oh my heart, does not the thought rise up if Jesus consecrated himself to you when he was thus in all his strength and vigour, should not I in youth dedicate myself to him? And if I am in manhood, how am I doubly bound to give my strength to him? And if I am in old age, still should I seek while the little remains to consecrate that little to him? If he gave his all to me, which was much, should I not give my little all to him? Should I not feel bound to consecrate myself entirely to his service, to lay body, soul and spirit, time, talents, all upon his altar? And though I am not an unblemished lamb, Yet I am happy that as the leavened cake was accepted with the sacrifice, though never burned with it, I, though a leavened cake, may be offered on the altar with my Lord and Saviour, the Lord's burnt offering, and so, though impure and full of leaven, I may be accepted in the Beloved, an offering of a sweet savour acceptable unto the Lord my God. Here is Jesus. Beloved, a lamb without blemish, a lamb of the first year. The subject now expands and the interest deepens. Let me have your very serious consideration to the next point, which has much gratified me in its discovery and which will instruct you in the relation. In the sixth verse of the twelfth chapter of Exodus, we are told that this lamb, 
which should be offered at the Passover, was to be selected four days before its sacrifice and to be kept apart. In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbour next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. The sixth verse says, And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. For four days this lamb, chosen to be offered, was taken away from the rest of the flock and kept alone by itself for two reasons. Partly that by its constant bleatings they might be put in remembrance of the solemn feast which was to be celebrated. And moreover, that during the four days they might be quite assured that it had no blemish. For during that time it was subject to constant inspection, in order that they might be certain that it had no hurt or injury that would render it unacceptable to the Lord. And now, brothers and sisters, a remarkable fact flashes before you. Just as this lamb was separated four days, the ancient allegories used to say that Christ was separated four years. Four years after he left his father's house, he went into the wilderness and was tempted of the devil. Four years after his baptism, he was sacrificed for us. But there is another better than that. About four days before his crucifixion, Jesus Christ rode in triumph through the streets of Jerusalem. He was thus openly set apart as being distinct from mankind. He, on the donkey, rode up to the temple that all might see him to be Judah's lamb, chosen of God and ordained from the foundation of the world. And what is more remarkable still, during those four days you will see, if you turn to the evangelists at your leisure, that as much is recorded of what he did and said as through all the other part of his life. During those four days he chastised the fig tree and straightway it withered. It was then that he drove the buyers and sellers from the temple. It was then that he rebuked the priests and the elders by telling them the similitude of the two sons, one of whom said he would go and did not, and the other who said he would not go and went. It was then that he narrated the parable of the husbandmen who slew those who were sent to them. Afterwards he gave the parable of the marriage of the king's son. Then comes his parable concerning the man who went unto the feast not having on a wedding garment. And then also the parable concerning the ten virgins, five of whom were wise and five of whom were foolish. Then comes the chapter of very striking denunciations against the Pharisees. Woe unto you, O ye blind Pharisees! Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter. And then also comes that long chapter of prophecy concerning what should happen at the siege of Jerusalem and an account of the dissolution of the world. Learn a parable of the fig tree 
when his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. But I will not trouble you by telling you here that at the same time he gave them that splendid description of the day of judgment, when the sheep shall be divided from the goats. In fact, the most splendid utterances of Jesus were recorded as having taken place within these four days. Just as the lamb, separated from its fellows, did bleat more than ever during the four days, so did Jesus, during those four days, speak more. And if you want to find a choice saying of Jesus, turn to the account of the last four days' ministry to find it. There you will find that chapter, Let not your hearts be troubled. There also his great prayer, Father, I will, and so on. The greatest things he did, he did in the last four days when he was set apart. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.